Wow, Sandra, thank you so much. Uh, what a good word. What a great thought for us uh, to begin this morning. And uh, we are in a, in a crazy time, aren't we? And, and it means a lot to us that we get to share these mornings with you. We get to share this season with you. Thank you so much for letting us come into your living room or on your computer screen. Or uh, maybe we're just in your headphones as you take a well-needed walk. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting. Every preacher in America has now become a, a TV preacher. Uh, every, I, uh, I had a, a woman in our church who actually said to me, uh, she called one of my friends I, I went to high school with, and she called her up and her daughter up and said, uh, did you know Bill's on television now? Uh, we're all on television in a, in a very weird way and can't wait to get back to uh, being face-to-face. Uh, but apparently, because we're on television, my ratings are surging among two to five-year-olds. And so I want to give a shout-out this morning to Rowan and Jude and Ben and Sadie and all you other kids who are actually watching and trying to uh, stay sane. And folks, parents, if things get a little crazy and you need to take a pause, you need to come back and watch this later, we totally understand. We're so glad that we get to be with you. Uh, but today is Palm Sunday, and we have the chance today to begin Holy Week together. We get, uh, it'll be a unique week for sure, but this is a week in which we can uh, walk into the presence of God in such a unique way and experience uh, all the things that Jesus was doing for us. And you might recall that uh, there's this moment in Jesus' ministry where it says that he, he set his face towards Jerusalem. He, he set his course, that, that there was this final mission uh, for him to accomplish. And so he, he turned all his attention there and began to make his way, even though he knew what awaited him there was the cross. And, and so his route was one way, his path was, was uh, just determined. Everything was moving in this direction. And, and this brings us to just a, a beautiful big idea you're going to see today in our passage, that Jesus is the king, wholly devoted to us. He is the king wholly devoted to us. And, and everything that's been leading up to, the, to this moment has shown his devotion to us. Nothing would set him off course. Uh, but as he began to move to this place, we're going to see from this moment on as we go through this week, he is committed to us until the very end. And these are the things that we need to hear in this season. And so I want to invite you to turn to Luke chapter 19. Uh, we're going to pick up in verses 28 to 40. We're going to read this story. And Kathy kind of captured some of the beauty of it. Uh, but I want to read together just the, the context of the story and just to help you understand what's happening. Jesus has made his way to Jerusalem uh, during the season of Passover, during the celebration of Passover. And so for us, um, maybe the best way to try to understand how big of a celebration it is is take Thanksgiving, take Christmas, and combine them together. Uh, this is how big it is. Uh, uh, some scholars estimate that maybe up to 2 million people are, are, have all come together to the city. And so the city is packed. And, and the life, and, the, and they are all there to, to celebrate and to worship and to remember the God who saves. The God who saved them out uh, from uh, Egypt, uh, brought them out of slavery, gave them freedom, gave them a promise. They are there to celebrate these things. And so in this, uh, we read the text together. And, and as we read it, uh, verse 28 says it this way. It says, as Jesus uh, had said this, he went ahead going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. 
And if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. And those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Now there's some some, uh, fascinating things happening, aren't there? Uh, What's very clear is this is a big moment. It's a big moment we see because it starts with kind of the secret mission. Jesus sends two of his disciples back into Bethany, a place they've been before. Maybe he's arranged it, maybe not. Uh, but they, they go into this, they have this mission to find this donkey and its, its colt. They're going to find this, this colt that's never been ridden on. They are to take it. And if anyone comes and interrupts them, they are simply to give the password. The Lord needs it. It's kind of, it kind of feels like Star Wars, right? You know, these are not the droids you're looking for. They have this kind of code word. Uh, but they bring the cult. And, and it's a fulfillment of prophecy in this moment. Uh, Zechariah 9, 9 says this, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you righteous and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And uh, in these days, uh, as a remembering God's salvation, here comes this fulfillment of prophecy of, a, of one who is bringing salvation. But, but he's not like these Roman leaders. He's not coming in on this giant white stallion, but he comes in with humility. He comes in on the, on the colt of a donkey. And, and in this moment, you see this way that this this. Uh, prophecy is being fulfilled. But, but this is also a significant moment because Jesus is, is making a claim in the midst of a very tense environment. Uh, the, the roads leading into Jerusalem around there, you would have uh, very possibly seen those who were being crucified. A reminder of anyone who would rebel, a reminder to anyone who would try to uh, uh, usurp the authority of the Roman Empire. Uh, to say to them, If you try to start anything, if you try to do anything, if you try to upset our power, this is what will happen to you. And everything they were doing was in essence to say, don't try anything. Guards around the temple, guards everywhere. Power, displays of their power everywhere. And yet Jesus comes riding in the midst of this. Uh, but, but you also realize this is a, a huge moment because of the celebration, because of the praise. They're, they're throwing uh, their cloaks on the ground. Uh, the other gospel accounts uh, tell us how they had taken palm branches. They're, they're waving them in the air. They're placing them down on the ground. Uh, he's riding in. They're, they're shouting Hosanna, which is a, a, a word of praise to the one who saves. They're, they're saying, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. All of this praise. And you see even, it's, it's such a big heightened moment that Pharisees are saying, teacher, please stop your disciples. That you, they should not be saying these things about you. And Jesus says, this moment is so good, so big, so real. 
that even if I could stop them, even if I did stop them, the rocks would cry out, creation would cry out because God is saving his people. It's a big moment. And and, and in this moment, we see this humble king, wholly devoted to us. But, but I think one of the things that's, that's fascinating as we think about it is this, that beyond it being a big moment, we start to get this sense of everything that's been leading up to this and everything that's going to come after this moment, that, that Jesus will not give up on us. He will not give up on us. And, and we know this in the story of God as we read through God's story. What we know in page after page is that God just doesn't give up on his people. He didn't give up on Abraham when Abraham lied or when he tried to take a shortcut and uh, he didn't give up on Moses when Moses didn't uh, want to take the job, when Moses said, you know, pick someone else. Uh, he didn't give up on his people when they would turn to other gods. He didn't give up even on us. Uh, when his son came into the world, there was an assassination plot on him. They, he didn't give up on us. When, when Jesus went into his own hometown in Nazareth and they wanted to push him off a cliff. All throughout the story, we see that God is not going to give up on us. And it's important, I think, for us, as we'll see through the course of this week, that in this moment, there is praise. There are shouts of praise. The people are calling out and praising Jesus. And yet what we know is this, come Friday, in just a few days, Many of those same voices, voices that cried out, save us, will now say, kill him, crucify him. And in the midst of all this, and Jesus knows what awaits him, he doesn't give up on us. He's coming in, he's utterly, wholly devoted to us. We're going to watch this progression this week. And and, and he's going to teach and he's going to heal and he's going to continue to love the people He's come for. And we'll come to Thursday and and this last night of his life where he takes a meal, has a meal with his disciples. He celebrates the Passover meal. And in the midst of the meal, in the beginning of this, he puts on display his love for them. He takes off his, his outer garment, wraps a towel around his waist, and he begins to wash the feet of every one of his disciples, even the very person who will deny him uh, in just a few hours. He will stay devoted to them. When they all run, he stays. And when the world begins to fight him, when they begin to take him and accuse him falsely, when they begin to beat him and whip him, he stays in that moment. And when they nail him to the cross and lift him up with a sign to mock him, saying, King of the Jews, he embraces it knowing that he's come to be the fulfillment of Israel's story. He is the fulfillment of God's story. He is the king. And he's doing exactly what God has sent him to do. He has come for him. He's utterly devoted. And these last words we, we will hear, he will pray forgiveness. He will ask for forgiveness for us because we don't know what we're doing. And he will say that it is finished. The, the thing he's come to do to pay for sin in full is accomplished. Uh, Jesus is the king who's wholly devoted to us. In, in this moment, we are, we're getting a foreshadowing that he will not give up on us. 
Uh, but, but I love, too, what we're, we're getting a glimpse of is this, is that uh, he is the king who will not be kept down. He won't be kept down. Uh, we, we know this. We know that even in death, he is devoted to us. He's, he's more to us than a moral example, but he's come into this world to punch sin in the face. He's come to defeat death, hell, and the devil. He has come uh, for this, and so no grave clothes, no tomb, no guards will hold him down. And, and, and you begin to think of the ways in which the devil thinks he's winning and how sorely mistaken he is. He cannot hold him down. And death thinks it has its next victim, and, and yet you just wait. And I don't want to give too much away. That's for Sunday. But you and I know, whoo, man, we get excited thinking about this, right? There's a way in which we usher into this week, and we're moved by his love and his devotion. But there's something, there's a power that is just lurking, ready to explode. And this is why uh, uh, next Sunday there is, even if we are confined to our homes, even if it's just a small group of us, we will still feel the eruption in our hearts that this king cannot be held down. And so when I begin to think of all these things, I, I, I think about this. Uh, he is a king who's wholly devoted to us. And so the question then becomes this. Uh, are we going to be wholly devoted to him? Are we going to be wholly devoted to him? The word holy means to be set apart. He's, he's absolutely committed to us. And so when we see everything that he is and everything he's willing to do, the kind of king he is and the way he's willing to serve us, how are we going to respond to his rule and his reign? Are we going to be wholly devoted to him? Are we going to set our lives apart from him? And here's the problem. Here's the problem with making Jesus king. I like to be the king. I like to be on the throne. I like to call the shots. I like being in charge. I like having control of everything. And, and, and here's what I know. Uh, I'm actually not the best king to have on the throne. I'm actually not the best person to have in charge. And no, it's not Kimberly. Uh, See, Jesus is the king that's wholly devoted to us. He has a different frame of mind. And I was thinking about it when I was reading the story uh, about uh, these, these uh, high school kids uh, in a high school football game. And there's an all-American kid, uh, Michael Ferns. He's uh, recruited to play at Michigan. He gets the handoff. He travels 53 yards. He comes all the way. He breaks away. He's just about ready to step into the end zone. And then right at the one-yard line, he steps out of bounds. He's so fast that the referees can't even keep up, so they just throw their arms up, signal touchdown, assuming that he scored. And he begins to run. The coach begins to run and saying, no touchdown, no touchdown, no touchdown. And so the referees confer. They come together. They decide, no, he stepped out at the one. They line up and they bring in a freshman. His name's Logan Thompson. And just two days earlier, Logan's dad had died from a stroke. Logan had never played a minute on varsity. 
But the team had decided in this moment to give the ball to Logan. Everyone hit their block. Everyone steamrolled everyone out of the way. And Logan went into the end zone and scored the touchdown. The entire team came together and celebrated. And it's the kind of story you hear that it brings tears to your eyes. It it feels right, doesn't it? This is the way the world should be, isn't it? And you know, and I know, so many times, I want to score the touchdown. I want to get the credit for uh, something with my boss. I want my kids to succeed, and I want my kids to be ahead of other kids, and I want them to get all the playing time and all the opportunity. I want all the benefit. I want it to be about me. And so this is what I know. I know that I'm not fit to be king. I want to rule with one of these And Jesus wants me to rule with one of these. He came, he said, not just to to serve and to to give his life. He said, look, this is normal to want this, but that's not the way it's going to be in my kingdom. In fact, if you're going to come with me, you're going to serve, you're going to give your life up. He said, even I did not come to be served, but to serve, to give my life as a ransom for many Jesus is the king that is wholly devoted to us. And so are we going to be wholly devoted to him? So who is on the throne of your heart? Who's on the throne of your heart? I, I, I was in our life group. Uh, we were meeting, and uh, Todd is a guy in our life group. who he, he made this comment. He said, I don't know how you deal with all of this right now without Jesus in your life. And I've been really reflecting on that and thinking about that. And I think about the kind of, of, of uh, king I want on the throne of my heart. And I am so thankful that in this time, when it is, it is so uncertain, and, and we are filled with doubt and worry and concern, that, that I'm not going through this on my own. Jesus has been taking away any fear of death. The fact that I have someone on my side who's overcome death and who said to me, you don't have to be afraid. Do not let your heart be troubled. He's taken away that sense of fear. He's calmed my doubts. Uh, The things, I I mean, there there are big things for our family that we have to figure out. There are big things for this church that we will have to figure out. And if, I don't, if I'm not careful, uh, my mind will become consumed. And, and I know some of you are having this right now, aren't you? You're, you're having sleepless nights because your mind is racing. You cannot turn it off. And he's whispering to me, he's saying, you're not in this alone. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. And so he's calming my doubts and my fears He's speaking into my heart a reminder. I'm a king who is with you, who's near you. And I will go through these things with you. It doesn't mean we won't face trouble. You just need to know you won't face the trouble alone. And and he's shifting my mindset. On on the one set, there's there's a thought to preserve and to guard my life. And he's saying, Bill, come with me. Trust that I'm taking care of you. And if I can take care of you, will you come with me and help me take care of others? And so rather than pull back and withdraw back, 
uh, our families trying to figure out ways in which we can extend forward and care for those who are in need. And, and so while we're in a, in, a, in a crazy time, the king in my life, the king on the throne of my heart is giving me peace. Do you have that peace? Do you have that assurance in life and death? Do you have that sense of calm that whatever you go through, someone's there with you? And so I want to close with a question. Today, would you make Jesus your king? Would you ask Jesus to be your king? Would you choose today, not really knowing what tomorrow has, but to say today, Jesus, I want to be wholly devoted to you. I want to be wholly set apart for you and for your purposes. I want my life hidden in yours. And so we're going to close with a prayer. And I want to invite you to pray with me before we sing this, this final song. Uh, if today that's the prayer of your heart to say, Jesus, be the king of my life, join me in this prayer. Let's pray. And so, Lord Jesus, I ask you to be my king. I need you as my savior, and I want you as my king. And so today, I set my life apart for you and for your purposes and for your glory be with me, lead me, show me how to walk with you, and fill me with your spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.